Good afternoon and welcome back to another episode of Questions for God. I'm actually really excited about this message today. I've been working on it for quite a while. God's been dealing with me on a few things. So I'm excited to share it with someone and to help someone. That's really what how this is all about is helping people. It's not really about myself or anything else. It's about God and sharing His Word and helping someone get closer and and deeper in their walk with Him. So I hope that somebody's blessed by it because every time that I study for a message or do anything for God, I myself am blessed. So I'm so happy to hear that people are being blessed by my messages and the things that God is working, not only in me, but also in others as well. So I hope that it blesses you tremendously. Um, Today we're actually going to talk about uh, an interesting topic. Uh, I think that it's affecting our society uh, in a negative way, but there is a positive outcome. There is a, obviously there's a worldly way and there's a godly way. So we either choose to walk in the ways of the world or we choose to seek after God in his ways. So we're going to talk about the difference between uh, two things today. And I hope that uh, it brings some light and some revelation in your life. So we're going to get started. Uh, my scripture today is from Numbers 13, 1 through 2. Then we're going to move to 17 to 20 and 26 to 33. So we have a little bit of reading today. And as we move to the next ones, I will let you know that we're moving to that number. So Numbers 13, 1 through 2. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. For each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. Now we're going to move on to 17. That was 1 through 2. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. Now we're moving on to 26. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran, and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in this land are strong. The cities are fortified and they're very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. And then Caleb, this is verse 30, quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are all well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone with them said, We are not able to go up against those people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land, though, which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. 
There we saw giants and the descendants of Anak from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight as well. My title today is Knowing Your Worth, and we're going to talk about worth as far as us as individuals and what matters to not only us but others and but what really matters to God as far as who we are and what our worth is to him because that's really the all that matters so we're going to go ahead and pray and then we're going to talk a little bit about knowing your worth lord we love you and we thank you for all that you've done in our lives and all that you're going to do we thank you that no matter what we have done no matter who we are no matter what this world has turned us into that we have a chance to change and we have a chance to be better and we have a chance to realize our true worth and that true worth lies in who you are and your will for our life and who you desire us to be. So we ask you to give us revelation today about our worth and and how much you love us and the desire that you have to spend time with us and to build a relationship with us. Help us to realize the importance of those things. And we ask this in your name. Amen. So in the passage that we just read, God asked Moses to send one ruler from each of the 12 tribes to spy on the land of Canaan. The land, This land God had promised them. He said that you were going to uh, have this land. I, this is basically yours. So when they came back to report to Moses and the people, they said, yes, the land is as God described it. So when notice when they went there, they saw everything that God had described and it was exactly how he had described. They said that it flows with milk and honey. and But they started to get sidetracked a little bit when they saw the people in the land. So they started to think and realize that, you know what, there's no way that we can defeat these people because they're strong, they're giants, and there's no way that we can possess this land. Yes, God promised it, us the land, and yes, it's exactly as he described it, but how does he expect us to defeat those people in the land? And if you notice, the key to their mindset is stated in verse 33. So if we go back to verse 33, they said, and there we saw the giants and the sons of Anak who came of the giants. And we, here's the key part, is we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. So in other words, they're saying, there's no way we're going to be able to defeat these giants. We're like grasshoppers to them. And they see us as grasshoppers. So not only did the people, the rulers that went to spy on the land, see themselves as grasshoppers uh, when they stood up against these giants, or they compared themselves to these giants, but they also assumed that, you know what, they saw them as grasshoppers too, that there's no way that they would be threatened by them. So their confidence lied in how they saw themselves and how the sons of Anak saw them and not how God saw them and the value and strength that they possessed. So they were all wrapped up in how they saw them and how their enemies saw them and not how God sees them. And so in other words, you see, it's when we look at ourselves sometimes, it's not about what you can do. And it's not about the value of the strength you or other people think you have or the value or strength that they uh, apply or you apply to yourself or that they assume that you have. It's about what God can do 
through you, using the value and strength that he knows you have through him. So God sees the value in us that we can't see ourselves. So when you think of your worthlessness, God says, to me, you're priceless. You're not worthless. When you think about how much you don't deserve to be loved at times, God says, well, I never stopped loving you. It didn't matter what you were going through, what what was happening in your life. It didn't even matter if you were ignoring me or if you were not following my direction and my uh, will for your life. It didn't matter even if you weren't paying attention to me. I still never stopped loving you. So when you feel unworthy or worthless, God's blood on, that he shed on that cross reminds us, it should remind us of our worth. Because the Bible says that he died for us in our trespasses. While we were dead in our sin, he died for us. So he already sacrificed himself knowing that we were already dead in our sins and that we were in we were against him. If you're if you're dead in your sins then you are against God. You are away from God. So he died for us even though we are away from him. We were already separated from him in our sins. He still died for us. And so if we look at the world, the world doesn't offer us this kind of love. This is this is a very deep love. It, they don't understand uh, a sacrificial love. And I don't think any of us can quite truly grasp the, the love that God uh, loves us with and the, and the attention that he gives us and the yearning to have a relationship with his creation. And he does so in a very sacrificial way. He will sacrifice everything as he did on the cross to, to have an opportunity to build a relationship with us. So it really is, look at that. God died for us just for the opportunity. And he knows that not everybody's going to take that opportunity. And he did that for everybody, no matter what. And the world doesn't offer us that kind of love, that kind of worth, and this kind of faithfulness. This world has a, it has a warped sense of worth in driving our society. And it really is driving our society into the ground because the world is constantly trying to get us to focus on building ourselves up by building our self-esteem. Now, many might argue that, okay, well, there's nothing wrong with building your self-esteem and it seems like a good thing on the surface, I agree. But it couldn't be further from the truth. The world has people aiming at the wrong target because self-esteem is predicated on a moment or a feeling or a thought or a belief of how we feel about ourselves at a certain time, at a certain moment in time. So it's a fleeting, it's a superficial feeling. And many times it's caught up in fleshly or worldly pursuits. It's not caught up in what God wants for our life. It's caught up in our own selfish desires. And it's caught up in things that we think and assume are going to make us feel better about ourselves. So if we have high self-esteem when our job is going well, then we have low self-esteem when it's not going well. And if we have high self-esteem when we get 100 likes on Facebook, but then we have low self-esteem when we only get 10 on a post. So it's all wrapped up in this roller coaster ride of how we view ourselves and more importantly, how others view us. So we're gauging our worth in this life by how we view ourselves according to how others view us. So this is an idea that's supposed to help us think more positively and become 
more successful and confident, but it ends up making us become more narcissistic and selfish because we have to feed those desires that we have and the things that are pumping us up and building us up and and we think that is increasing our self-esteem it ends up making us more narcissistic and selfish and it becomes more of a me, 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 less than a we, we, we type of relationship with people. And so we start placing our value or our worth in trivial things like how much money we have or what car we drive or how big our house is. So when we start losing those things, our whole world comes crashing down because all of our worth is based on those things and what we have. And we've thrown all of our worth as a human being into those things, making us feel better about ourselves. So when our world starts to crumble and we start losing those things, then our whole world starts crashing. Our whole world starts crashing and crumbling around us because our happiness and our self-esteem, so to speak, and our worth is contingent on those things that remain in our life to retain some kind of worth in our life. So... Self-esteem is our gauge on how worthy we are based on how others see us or how we view ourselves. Self-esteem is what we think, feel, and believe about ourselves. So this, this way of thinking, I, w- I was doing some research on self-esteem and I discovered that, you know, so if self-esteem is not necessarily a positive thing, And it's driving us to become more narcissistic and more selfish because it's a very selfish way of thinking about ourself and our worth. Where did it all start? And so when I looked it up, it all started in the 80s and 90s. And the interesting part, if not scary part, is it was first instituted to help solve problems in America when it comes to our test scores as far as children and how they test in comparison to other countries. And so what, start, what they started to think was that, okay, well, the idea was is if, if we increase the children's self-esteem or we teach them how to increase it, then the scores should start to reflect in a more positive direction. And obviously it didn't work because it only, our education systems only seem to get worse. And I think we rank worse than we did back then. Um, now when we are ranked up against other Uh, educational institutions around the world. So they learned very quickly that you can't base success on the unstable theory of self-esteem because it's too unstable. It's, It's fluctuating too much and it's fluctuating according to the variables around you that we just spoke about earlier. So they learned that by its very definition, it is a selfish way to look at the world and at oneself because your worth becomes confined to worldly things and worldly views and selfish views about yourself. So there's a limitation to it and you can't really derive derive true self-worth from it. So it and it's this is the scary part is that it's well documented that many psychopaths, sexual deviants and criminals, even men like Hitler have a grandiose this huge self sense of self-esteem and self-worth. They believe that they are doing something positive for the world and that they're doing the world a favor, so to speak. And so they have this high view of themselves, even though what they're doing is evil at times and, and definitely wrong when we compare it to 
the normal morals and values of society. But they found out that, you know, a lot of psychopaths and these sexual deviants and criminals and people like Hitler have high self-esteem and they think very highly of themselves and they tend to be very narcissistic and egotistical and, and extremely selfish in their viewpoints. And it's hard to deter them from their way of thinking about the world and their view of reality and what the world is. And that's a scary fact because we're teaching our children how to increase their self-esteem, which in turn, really, we're teaching them to gain their self-worth in the world using philosophies that create narcissistic and psychopathic tendencies. So, in other words, that's why we see what we see, we've seen in the last, you know, I think it's five to 10 years, we've seen a huge change in the way that, you know, even college students react in the world. Uh, when a few years ago, when uh, we had a presidential election, and, I, and I, don't, I don't get into politics much, but, and this isn't about politics, it's about the mindset of, of our children nowadays, is we had college students, you know, college campuses had to open up rooms specifically for college students to go in and cry because the election didn't come out in their favor. So they, they threw teddy bears in there. They threw coloring books. They had these rooms available for, we're talking college students. This isn't, you know, kindergarten or middle school even. This is, these are college students that would go into this little safe area in this room and just cry and hug teddy bears, you know, at colleges. And so this is the type of, of <laughs> children we are, we are raising when we teach them to base their worth and their self-esteem and their, uh, their intrinsic value in things that are basically worthless, that cannot help them in the long run develop a good sense of worth, a sense of balance. Because your whole world and your sense of value at the time was caught up in a presidential race and who, who's going to be the victor and the failure. And, and when it didn't go uh, some people's way, it really was catastrophic. I mean, this is what, this is the problem in our society right now is that we've become so dependent on man. I mean, why, why are we so dependent on a man to save us, on a president to save us, on, on a group or a government to save us and to help us feel good about ourselves? And to give us our sense of, of worth in this society, in this world. Our whole existence depends on whether a certain outcome in an election or a football game or a court case goes our way. And if it doesn't, then we crumble into this emotional, mental state of chaos and self-destruction. It's like our whole world was revolving around this certain thing. And then when it didn't happen, we have no... We have no I mean, people started committing suicide and, you know, getting addicted to drugs and alcohol and all these crazy things started happening. And so you sit back and wonder, why is that? Why, why is it that people just lose their minds when something happens that they really have no control over? And it's because society or, and people have placed a value or worth in how they view themselves and how other people view them. And, and that type of a value system, it can't go any higher than one's mental ability to pos positively impact their self-esteem in a positive direction according to the way that they view themselves or the way that others view them. So it has a ceiling. There's really, once you reach the ceiling, there's nowhere, 
there's nowhere else to go because once you hit that ceiling, the only way to go is down. And that's what we see happening is this self, this idea that building our self-esteem is a positive thing is it's very limited because once things start crumbling that we've thrown all of our worth into that ceiling you can't go anything any way any further up you have to go back down once your world starts crumbling so building ourselves up in our own eyes and the eyes of the people that surround us is basically a house built upon a shaky foundation it is a foundation with many flaws a foundation that crumbles when the value placed in it and its worth is measured through the eyes of fallible men or our own pursuit of self-esteem and prestige. So when our own opinions of ourselves, coupled with the opinions of others crumbles, then once again, our whole world starts to crumble. But see, this is the good news. And this is why, excuse me, this is why I do these podcasts is because when I was in the world, that's what I base my, my worth on is all of these things, these superficial things that didn't really matter. And it didn't really give me a good sense of self-worth. But when I came to God, unlike the world, God offered me a different viewpoint. He taught me to value myself through the lens of self-worth and not self, self-esteem. Self-worth is different. Self-worth is different because it helps it helped me recognize that I am valuable and that I am a unique human being and that I am worthy of love just the way that I am and no matter what background I come from no matter what race I'm I am no matter what I've done no matter what mistakes I've made that I am worth being loved and so with all of my failures and shortcomings and deficiencies that my worth is not based on how much money I have or what car I drive or what house I have or, you know, it's not based on even the mistakes that I've made. That God loves me because I'm a child of God, because I'm made in His image and that I'm made for a divine purpose, His purpose. So once I realized that God's love was not conditional, that it wasn't like the world, that, you know, if you do a certain thing or you act a certain way or you have a certain amount of power or money, then people look up to you. But once you start losing that, then you're, you, they start losing, you, you start losing your self-worth in their eyes. And so you can't build your self-esteem and your self-worth on something like that. You cannot because it's, it's shaky ground. And so you have to put your, you have to build your self-worth on something that is not going to crumble. And the only thing that that's going to help us in this life to stay stable when things get hard and to, to still feel like we're lovable and to feel still feel like we're worth something is God's love because it's unconditional. It isn't predicated on what profession you have or how much money you have or what car you drive. It's or it in order to determine whether or not you're deserving of love. You're always in God's eyes deserving, deserving of his love. Doesn't matter what what's going on in your life. So God loves us no matter what. And this is because we all carry an uncompromised intrinsic value to him because we are worth something to him and we are deserving of his love no matter what. His word says that 
We love him because he first loved us. It says that he died for us when we are dead in our own sin and trespasses. In other words, he loved us before we knew our own worth to him. He died for us already knowing our mistakes and our inadequacies. He knew our names before he even formed us in the womb. So we are valuable to him and we are valuable to him even before he knew us, even before we were born. He already knew who we were going to be and who, what our potential was and is. So when other people hurt you and they turn their back on you and they deceive you and they ridicule you and undermine your worth, God says, bring all of that to me. Bring yourself to me. And I, my promise is, is I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never give you more than you can bear. You will always have a place at my table. If you come to me and you trust in me and you repent and you get baptized and you get the Holy Ghost, you get my spirit in you, then you are a child of God. All of those things in the past can be erased. Nothing, you don't have to face those things and look at yourself in the mirror and face those things every day. When, when you come to me, I offer you my love unconditionally, despite all of those things. You have my forgiveness. You have a worth that is defined by more than what this world can define it. So just like in the scripture that we read, when God asked those men, when they were sent out to spy on that land, they didn't, when they went and saw the land, they saw that God was true to his word, that it was exactly how God described it. But they didn't see themselves and the power and the strength that they had through God in themselves as God saw it. So we need to start living our lives as Christians and as people that are coming to God. And even if you're new in your walk and you're just barely coming to him and you're learning about him and you barely started reading your Bible or praying or going to church, it's time to start living your life dedicated and sold out. You've got to start thinking about what God wants you to get out of your life because he's the only one who knows your true worth and your true value. We, we look in the mirror sometimes and we don't even realize our own true worth and our own true value. But yet we, we rely on other people's opinions of us so much. And just one person's opinion can crush us and send us reeling for months and years. So it's time to start putting our value in something that is not going to crumble. It's something that's not going to you know, be this roller coaster ride uh, throughout our life. When God calls you, he wants all of you. So this means that the good and the bad and the ugly, he doesn't just want the good parts of you. He, he takes it all. He wants all of the parts that, uh, that come together and make up the puzzle that is you. And when the Bible says that God is love, he's talking about an unconditional love. It's called agape love. It's the highest form of love that we can have. It's unconditional. It's sacrificial. The perfect example is that him on that cross is him dying for us so that we can be with him in eternity, so that we can have a chance to be in fellowship with him in eternity. So he's trying to get us from this world, which is temporal, to an eternal world, 
a world that is never going to die. It's never going to pass away. His, his promise is to give us new bodies, new glorified bodies. We're never going to suffer pain anymore. We're never going to be depressed. We're never going to be stressed out anymore. We're never going to be sick. If this is his promise to us. But in order to attain that promise, we have to give ourselves to him. We have to die to ourselves and give up a little bit more of our free will every single day and give that to him and let him help us through the things that we need to work on and that we need to change. God doesn't care about your past. He doesn't care about what you've done or the person that uh, you feel this world has turned you into. He wants your attention. He wants it all. He wants your love. He wants your admiration, your respect, your time. And yes, he wants all of those mistakes and those faults and shortcomings. And he wants to show you how you can benefit from those because you you learn things through your mistakes and the faults that you have and the things that you do wrong. You learn things. And God teaches us how we can be more through those struggles and teaches us how we can gain strength through those struggles and those trials and those tribulations that we have in our life. So, Stop looking at the world as those rulers did and notice that, you know what, there is good in the world. There are people that that are looking for, for hope and they're looking for light in this darkness and that we as Christians have that light. We need to share that. We don't keep it bottled up and hidden from the world. We need to share that with them. So we need to stop viewing the world and people that disagree with us in a negative light. Because God loves us all the same. So we can disagree on certain things. And yes, we as Christians need to stand up for things that we agree or that we believe in. But we also need to love people. And we need to show that every day. Because really the only thing that brings them closer to God is seeing how we treat each other. And seeing that love that we show one another. Those are the things that give people a good sense of self-worth. That when God loves us, we need to replicate that, duplicate that, and show the world that love that he has shown us. So, self-esteem is not the route that we want to go. It's a very selfish view of the world. And really, it describes it in its definition, self-esteem. You're building your self-worth and your esteem on self. Self-worth is built and predicated on a different type of worth. It's a worth that tells us you are worthy of love no matter what, no matter who you are, no matter what you're going through. And God gives us that sense of self-worth. And that's why self-worth is different. It's because it's based on a love that is stronger than ourself. So we need to rely on him more. We need to dig deeper. We need to trust in him more. And especially in these days, our pastor just preached a good message on, you know, trusting God in the day and time that we live in. And it's so important. We're going to have to put our trust and faith in God more and more as the days and the years go by. And we don't know how much longer we have here, but, and I don't think it's too much longer. I just can't see the world getting any worse than it is. But um, it's it's going to. It's not. Everybody's waiting for things to get back to normal. It's not going to get back to normal. So we can't place um, our worth and uh, in this world. We got to place it in higher things. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this message. We ask you to bless the hearer, 
and to bless our hearts and help this message to seed and grow and flourish in our hearts, our minds, our spirits, and our souls. Help it to change us from the inside so that people can see that change on the outside. And we're so thankful that we have a foundation of worth that is based in your love for us and your desire to be uh, with us and to have a relationship with us, a deep, deep relationship that is based on love and respect and wisdom. We want more of your wisdom. We want more of your love and more of your peace to dwell within our hearts and our minds. And we thank you for dying on that cross for us. We thank you for all your blessings and everything that you've given us, everything that you do for us that we don't even know about. You bless us every single day. And we thank you for that. <sighs> well, I love you all. And I thank you for um, listening. Thank you for all your prayers. And we hope that you have a blessed day. God bless you.